Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can follow us on Facebook or visit our website at BeatitudesChurch.org. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society. Reading the Bible can be really confusing, especially for me, reading the Gospels. And I think part of the problem is that when we come to reading the Bible, we read it from a Western perspective. We read it as a book. And when you read it as a book, that's when it becomes confusing. Because you can read something in the New Testament, that first book, Matthew, and you can read it, and then you go to the next book, Mark, and there's things there that are different than Matthew. There are things that are missing that Matthew includes. And then to even get more confusing, you go to Luke. One of the things I used to enjoy doing was taking those three Gospels and setting them side by side, and then taking a marker, and then marking the areas where they had similarities between Matthew, Mark, and Luke, what we call the synoptic Gospels. It's amazing when you look at that, that the wording, even in English, is exactly the same in places. Then there's other places where there's similarities between Matthew and Mark, or Matthew and Luke, or Matthew and Luke. You see the similarities, but then sometimes there's just something out of the clear blue sky that shows up, and you wonder, what in the world? Where did this come from? And this is the text that we had read this morning. That's one of those texts. If you look at Matthew and Mark, they don't say anything about Jesus's adolescent period. They talk about him going down to Egypt, but that's about it. Mark actually goes and begins the gospel right at the time of the baptism. So you have these differences, but the one that is interesting to me is why did Luke versus Matthew and Mark include this insight about Jesus? Now, there are other gospels out there that did not make it into our canon or the Bible as we know it today. One of them is actually... Uh, phenomenal. It is a story about the boyhood of Jesus in the Gospel of Thomas. And you read some pretty amazing things. Jesus is, has the ability to take clay and sculpt it into a form of a bird, and he blows into that clay, and the bird becomes alive and flies away. But then on the other side, there's stories about Jesus as a boy. One day, he's out playing, and one of his friends walks by and accidentally bumps into his shoulder. Well, Jesus apparently didn't like that because he kills the boy. And then he feels bad, and he brings him back to life. I mean, these are stories that we are not familiar with because they're not in our Bible. And we would have a tendency not to accept them as being true because they're not in our Bible. 
But even if these stories are not true, they are insightful to how people understood Jesus. And especially, they were intrigued about his childhood, and there was a reason for that. Hellenistic biographies, Greek biographies, usually included one incident from a person's childhood. And that incident was a foreshadowing of what this person would be as an adult. And it appears that that's what we have in the Gospel of Luke. When you read the Gospel of Luke, you find some clues in there, in this passage, that it wasn't meant to originally stand in the Gospel of Luke. It probably circulated independently. And then Luke brings it into the Gospel, and there's two clues to that. One is that this story is surrounded by two bookends. Listen to them. In verse 40, chapter 2 of Luke, it says, The child continued to grow and become strong, increasing in wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. So that's at the beginning of verse 42. Verse 41 starts the story that Lucy read for us. And then if you remember the last, at the very end of that, in verse 52, it says the following, And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. It's a repetition, slightly different, but it's a repetition from verse 40. So it's almost as if the writer was satisfied with the end being verse 40, but then found this story circulating about Jesus, brings it in, and then puts at the very end of the story the same that you found at the beginning in verse 40. So again, it appears that this story was floating around. Luke brings it in because he wants the readers to see what kind of person Jesus was going to become. And what's amazing is what he tells us about Jesus and the influence he will have upon people. In verse 47, describing those who were in the temple, it says, and all who heard Jesus were amazed. They were astonished. They were astonished at Jesus's understandings. They were astonished at Jesus's answers. They were astonished of what Jesus knew. Now again, understand this is a 12-year-old. Even his parents, in verse 48, it says, when their parents, when Jesus' parents saw him, they were astonished. And again, remember, we're talking about a boy at the age of 12. So it, more than likely, this story was not the record of a historical event but rather it's there to tell the reader that this boy is going to grow up and he is going to astound and amaze people by his teachings. So what was it about Jesus that made his teachings so amazing? 
Well, I think there's two possibilities. Number one, you could argue that he was divinely gifted by God. And that's why Jesus had the ability to impress people with what he said. But there's another possibility. The possibility is that the reason why people found Jesus amazing, astounding, why he said created a sense of awe for them, was maybe, just maybe, Jesus himself was filled with a sense of awe, a sense of wonder about the world in which he lived. There might be hints of this in the Gospels. When you look at what Jesus talked about, the, his teachings, they're pretty interesting, especially when you think about the topics. He focuses on nature. He fo focuses on common day-to-day -day life. And I wonder, in my imagination, is it possible that what we have is that Jesus was someone who was aware of his surroundings. And he saw in his surroundings a sense of awe and wonder. That means he paid attention. I can imagine Jesus sitting on a bluff, walking through a field, and rather than his mind chasing and going in so many different directions, I can imagine Jesus truly being present in that moment and paying attention. I can imagine Jesus sitting on a bench, a stool in the midst of a city, people watching, watching people go back and forth, and he saw them with fresh eyes. And he was amazed by what, was, what he was able to see in these people's lives. And then he took that, and he used those for lessons. So I imagine that Jesus grew from these experiences, and then out of that learning of, of life, he was able to share that with other people. Um, I wish I could tell you that my life was filled with moments of awe and wonder. I really do. But instead, I get caught up in my mind thinking about the past, thinking about the possibilities of the future, and not really being present in the moment to see what's going around me. But occasionally, occasionally I have those moments. One time my parents took my wife and our two daughters on vacation with them. I don't know why. It was wonderful though, but they wanted to be with us. So we went up to Washington State, San Juan Islands. We spent the night at Whitby Island. 
I woke up in the morning and decided to go for a hike. Now, if you ask my daughters about my ability to hike, they would say that physically I can do it. As far as keeping track of where I'm going, not so good. And on that morning, that was my experience. I started out on a path. I don't know how it happened, but the path just disappeared. I wasn't sure where I was going, but I had an idea of where I wanted to end up at. And that was at Deception Pass Bridge. That morning is really foggy out. And I wondered if I would find the bridge. I also wondered if I could even find my way back to the campsite. But as I progressed, I came around this bend, and there it was. I've never seen a sight like that. The bridge started at the edge of the cliff it appeared, and then as it went, it just slowly disappeared into the sky as the fog enveloped it. And I sat down, and I just looked at it. I just watched it. And I had that wow moment. These moments of awe and wonder, they impact us. We may not consciously be aware of that, but when we find ourselves caught up and we find this sense of amazement, of being astounded by what's going on around us, it can and it does impact us. It helps us grow. It helps us learn. One writer said the following about this ability that Jesus had, and it's one that is very readily available to us. The writer says that the sense of wonder is characterized by full engagement, being present in the moment, and a high wow factor. Think about that. That's all it is. And when we have those moments, it creates within us a sense of curiosity. And when you're curious about the world, it opens up the world. And I guess that's how I see Jesus. I think that's why people were amazed by him. Because he understood the beauty and the wonder that is in life itself. Eden Philpotts, who is an author, poet, and dramatist, says the following, The universe is full of magical things patiently waiting for our wits to grow sharper. The universe is full of magical things, 
patiently waiting for our wits to grow sharper. I value education. I value book knowledge. And I'm learning to value curiosity, wonderment, and awe. And perhaps we too can become like Jesus and take in the world that is around us and allow it to mold and shape us. I hope you'll try it. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can help us to continue this program by making your donations at beatitudeschurch.org backslash online dash giving. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society.